Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, October 26th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? Good, uh, good to be on, man. I am. Uh, this is going to be a fun show for sure. I've, I've got all the replays watched. Uh, you know, if you watched the pre-entry show uh, when we were doing it kind of live, just kept saying, "Guys, there's a lot to do." I've got it all done, so I'm, I'm very excited for the show. There's, there's a ton of horses I, I want to talk about on the show. <laughs> well, yeah, we have uh, officially the field. Well, you know. For the most part, the field's set. You know, the pre-entries are out. We had, I believe, off the top of my head, 205 pre-entries uh, horses. Does that sound right? Um, and then, obviously, the entries will come out in the official fields. Um, yeah, 205 uh, will come out next week, uh, Monday, and then that's it. So, I mean, is there was there any surprises? Just, I mean, we'll get into each race by race, but... You know, any surprises that, uh, you know, came out as far as the pre-entries go that, you know, made you say, well, that, that's a race that I'm more interested in now or maybe the opposite? No, not really. Uh, just because surprise would be kind of the weirdest. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, just excited, like more excited than, than I thought I would be on some of them, but not really surprised because you just didn't really know what Europeans were coming over. I thought as a whole, Europe sent like the depth of it was more than than what I thought it would be. Like I think we've had maybe better horses, like the very top end, but tons. We have tons of tons of European horses coming over, and I think that's it. Wasn't really a surprise, but that was kind of the overall theme. It's like wow, this they've really spiced this thing up, whether it be Europe or Japan. Yeah, it's interesting. 14 Breeders' Cup races, and if you throw in the, the Japan contingent um, that obviously are, are becoming more prominent uh, on dirt, and uh, not to mention, like you said, the Euros, like 14 races, could we see seven plus, you know, more than half go to non-U.S. horses? I mean, it seems very possible. Mm-hmm. I I think so. Yeah, I mean, when you look I, at the turf races at alone, I mean, you got, I mean, like, other, there's not a turf horse really in America that you feel super confident in, you know? No, I, mean, I, I, I will get into it, but no, no, I, I think it's, they, they just look really tough and they sometimes these, uh, whether it be Japan or Europe, they look tough in races where they usually aren't. So yeah, I mean, we'll get really into it. It's, it's going to be, they real like the, the international flavor Sometimes, usually, I should say it's a nice supplement to the Breeders' Cup for us. Like, they're not the main attraction. Sometimes they are, but they're not like, wow. But this year, without the international horses, this thing would have looked pretty light. But with the amount of them coming over, it's like, wow, this is a really like, this feels more like a world championship this year more than ever. Well, there you go. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot to go over here. Um, so we're not going to waste too much time here in the opening, but I do want to say we have, thanks to our good friend, uh, shoddy. I'll mention this a few times on the show. Um, our good friend, loyal follower, shoddy. Uh, she, she won it. I don't know how she, how did she do it? She won some tickets off of for, through TVG and, and obviously sure he has tickets. So we have a free ticket for Friday and Saturday GA ticket from Friday and fr- from Friday and Saturday at the breeders cup free ticket for both days. 
uh, to one lucky subscriber. So all you need to do on this video is uh, obviously you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So that's key. And then uh, leave a comment below in this video and let us know who your Breeders' Cup Classic winner is. And then uh, we will give out, we'll you know randomly pick somebody from the comments and uh, you'll get a free ticket to the Breeders' Cup uh, general admission. So uh, thank you, Shoddy, for offering that. And uh, obviously can't wait to see her and a bunch of uh, racing dudes contingents uh, out at the at the Breeders' Cup. we I mean, dude, this time uh, next week, we will be, well, there, I guess, or close. I mean, we'll be on our way. I think, yeah, I think we'll almost be there. Uh, I think we land at like maybe 4 o'clock local time, so I guess we'd be landing right right about now. So, yeah, that's going to be pretty dang awesome. Uh, I, I thought about that this morning. I was getting ready and, and doing work. I thought, huh, I'll have to get up real early next week because we'll be flying, so... Yeah, um, excited for sure. And like I said, I I don't think I think the lead up to this has kind of been a little bit like well, whatever. But now that I've gone through it and watched all the horses that are coming over, it's like this is going to be a little bit better than what I thought it would be. Kevin, by the way, no, there there's no writing that says we have to hang out with people that win this ticket. No, <laughs> it's no. Just, we're just giving you the ticket. It's general admission. It's not like we're sitting next to them. No. Um, especially if it's you, we definitely would not um, let that happen. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I mean, no. Get no. Get me wrong. We'd love to hang out and see everybody, but if it, you know, we're not. It's not. Uh, it's not in the writing that uh, you have to hang out with, or we have to hang out with you um all day so all right let's get into it we got a big show we're gonna dive into 2023 uh breeders cup pre-entries for each of the 14 world championship races at santina park who looks like a best bet what uh potential favorites maybe uh, are vulnerable uh, you know like post positions what you know which races do you think a post position could have a big factor in we'll answer all those questions and more let's It is officially Breeders' Cup season. We are just a mere weeks away from the 40th annual Breeders' Cup World Championships, and we are pumped to offer you our Breeders' Cup 2023 betting Bible right now at RacingDudes.com. It is an official betting guide to the Breeders' Cup World Championships. You'll get the exact bets that myself, and Aaron Halterman will be playing every single race on both Friday and Saturday at the Breeders' Cup. You'll get pick three, pick four, pick five analysis, top four picks from every single handicapper at racingdudes.com. And we have a special bonus this year and this year alone for the Breeders' Cup betting Bible. You will now get the 14 trends to the 2023 Breeders' Cup absolutely free included in this betting Bible. It is something that I put, I've been putting together for years. Now I pick out one very important trend for every single race in the breeders cup and gives you an opportunity to kind of see the trends, what we've seen in the past, you name it, it's in there and it gives you an idea and maybe an angle that you can play. Maybe times to play the favorite play times to play against it's included free in the betting Bible. This is available right now at RacingDudes.com, or, or you can get it for free. You can get both the betting Bible and the 14 trends absolutely for free. If you are a premium subscriber at racingdudes.com. So you get $70 a month is our is our minimum minimum value, 70 bucks a month, and you'll get those two for free, which are $50 for sale right now at racingdudes.com. 
You do the math. I'm not a genius, but I feel like that's a good a good price. Uh, go to RacingDudes.com. Learn more about the official betting guide to the Breeders' Cup World Championships. We are so excited that it's here. We are just weeks away. Stay tuned. Let's cash some tickets at the Breeders' Cup. I'm not going to wait. You know, I don't want to see Magic again. But no, by the way, that's a good, that's my favorite part of the show. See that good-looking guy. And uh, <laughs> yeah. but he's wrong. It is one week away now. So <laughs> one week away from the Breeders' Cup. And speaking of said Breeders' Cup, let's take a look, Halterman at the pre-entries they were released uh on wednesday and uh we'll, we'll kick things off here with friday um race five this is the breeders cup juvenile turf sprint you know this is a typically a tough race um for the euros to win it's a you know we don't uh, we talked a little bit about this on the live show um just because of you know the speed uh, don't tend to see the euros have that legit type speed um, especially in the juveniles department, but juvenile turf sprint Halterman thoughts on the race so far. Yeah. To me, watching the replays, it looks like we do have uh, European horses that have pretty good speed coming over, uh, including big Evs, who's a horse I think is going to be really tough. So I, I thought after watching all the replays, a horse like big Evs probably can spring the gate and get out in a good position. Uh, Pearls and rubies also another horse, not quite as fast as big Evs, but should be able uh, to, to get out there and, and, and do some damage. I, the, the more I watch the replays, the more I'm kind of convinced we are going to see a European horse win this race, which I know isn't popular. Um, but you know, you look at the American horses that have won this over the years, they've been pretty damn good, right? Uh, four wheel drive was a very good horse at the time. Um, when he won golden pal, obviously a really nice horse. Um, I think No Name Mets is pretty good for us. Uh, I think Crimson Advocate, pretty good for us. I think Slider is pretty good for us. Definitely going to see those three horses with a big shot, but thought the European horses were a lot stronger coming over this year than in years past. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's you don't love the like as far as the United States goes. Um, I, the one horse that I'm super interested in in this race is the is Crimson Advocate. Um, the George Weaver trainee, you know, just because you kind of have a best of both worlds type situation where, um, you know, went over, you know, ran, obviously he's from here, but then went, uh, went over to win at Royal Ascot. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we haven't seen, um, seen him since, but the fact that you can go, you know, go over and do that. And then, you know, um, has, has that experience over here in the United States to me, that is like a little bit of a best of both worlds, but I, I do agree. I think big Evs is, is the one I'm most fearful of. Um, what do you think about Brightwork? Uh, kind of deciding to maybe go towards this race. I believe this was the, uh, yeah, first preference in the juvenile Phillies. Yeah. Uh, but if, if this horse were to end up here, is there any, any indication? You know, there was talk that this horse would go to the turf. I don't think the horse is going to end up running here, but it is interesting that the horse uh, double entered. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really take that one very seriously because of the first preference. Um, you can see here all the different preferences. Here. She's kind of just in no man's land a little bit after she didn't stretch out very well. Um, probably wouldn't have minded if she took a shot here. She's just kind of in a weird spot. Just didn't run very well last time out. I don't know. Maybe she bounces out of it, but she's kind of in no man's land a little bit. I, I don't have a lot of interest in her either race. So there's one race, uh, the juvenile turf sprint. Looks like a lot of the comments um, do like big abs. Um you know, Kevin likes big Evs. I have seen uh, a few in here as well for Crimson Advocate. 
Uh, so it definitely feel, I mean, I guess Crimson to me, it's like Crimson Advocate is obviously a United States horse, but you do get a little bit of both. Um, and I don't know if, have you seen who is Johnny V going to ride Crimson Advocate? I've not seen that for sure. I haven't seen any jockeys yet. So I think that's an interesting who, who ends up riding. Um, like, do you have, like, as far as that goes, just for the people listening, like, is there any kind of, when it comes to the Breeders' Cup, obviously you're going to get, I mean, typically you're going to get, you know, the best of the best in every race. But is there any kind of swaying that could go on when it comes to trying to figure out, you know, like, say, it's an international and which one Ryan Moore's on versus, you know, or whatever. Like, do you have any, is there any swaying going on with you when it comes to these kind of horses and these kind of races? Not this race specifically. There are there are a couple we'll talk about on the show where I do think the jockey, uh, you know, who the jockey picks will tell us a lot. But in this race specifically, I I don't really, I don't think it really matters a whole lot. Okay, let's go to uh, the, let's see, this is, I believe, is this the next race on the card? Yeah, this is race six on Friday, the Net Jets Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Um, you know, Tamara is the one, right? This is probably going to be the shortest price of, uh, I mean, I guess it could possibly be the shortest price of the two days, but definitely the shortest price seemingly. Um, on Friday, the uh, Mandela undefeated horse, uh, daughter of Beholder, of course. I mean, this is a horse that just from that alone is going to get a ton of attention. Then you add in the fact that how good she looked on the track, especially last time out. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, because I know you have kind of went from one direction to another on her. Um, kind of thoughts of this race and, and, and her specifically. Yeah, I went into the handicapping thinking, you know what? We're going to try to beat Tamara. Hadn't been two turns, only has two races. Uh, you know, this because this is a whole different ball game. Came out saying, no, I don't think so. I, I, I put Tamara, uh, well, I shouldn't. First of all, let me, let me just say, if she draws like the 14 hole, then obviously you're going to change things. But, you know, all things given equal, I think Tamara is just a better horse than the rest of these. I, I, you know, right now I think she's the horse I'm going to have on top in this race. I kind of think it's a two horse race. I think candied is, is really coming on. I think she could beat her. I think she's very talented. I don't think the rest of them are as good as Tamara or candied. So like I said, all things being equal post position is going to change, you know, things for sure. But Tamara and candied look, just better than the rest of the field for me. Yeah. I'm, that's kind of where I'm at with this one too. I, although I did go into it with like, okay, she's, I think she's just better. I mean, for one, you have the, we're, we're already at Santanita, you know, like we know this horse is, is legit. She probably would be legit anywhere, but the fact that you, you kind of have that home, um, uh, what do you want to say? Kind of home cooking, home field advantage, so to speak. I like that aspect as well. And I just don't, you know, for a while I thought this was a pretty top heavy field um, just in general of this crop. But then the more we've kind of gotten through this, it definitely feels like it's lacking maybe a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's bad, but like VV's dream, for instance, is one I'm, you know, it's going to be a somewhat of a shorter price. And I just really don't have any interest in VV's dream um, in this race to win. I think she's a nice horse. I don't think she can win here. And I'm kind of with you. I think it's between those two candied, um, and, and, uh, and, and uh, tomorrow. So, uh, it, obviously a lot's going to depend. Um, I mean, anytime you have a juvenile race, when you have their lightly raced, lightly experienced, and, uh, you could have situations where post positions can impact that. Right. You know, like if they're, they're making that like, well, with her, you know, 
making her first uh, run around two turns, you know, say she draws, you know, the 12th, 12 hole or four, you know, 14th hole. It gets, it gets interesting. It at least gives you a thought of like, okay, I think she's going to, I think she's my pick to like, Hmm, I don't know. Like whenever you're talking about these juveniles, you know, her running her third race ever, that'd be tough, but maybe she's good enough to do it no matter what. So do you think she's a short, like you should like, I mean, you think she's going to go off at like two to five? No, no, absolutely not. I think she's over even money. Um, you, you think I mean, so? 14 horse field. If she goes off two to five, I'd be shocked. I think seven to five, probably. That's probably too um, low. What What was Songbird? Songbird only faced eight or nine, I feel like, or seven or eight. I think she was three to five. Um, okay. But I don't know that for sure. I have to look that up. That's been too long. Um, but she faced a lot shorter field. You mentioned Songbird. You know, I know this horse is by or out of Beholder. Tomorrow kind of reminds me more of Songbird than Beholder. I think she's a little bit bigger of a horse like like Songbird was. I think she's a little more professional than Beholder was this time in her career. Um, she just seems really professional. I loved how she didn't just fly out there and try to take the lead in that in the last race there at Del Mar. She just sat right off horses and just dominated them. The way she's winning and the way she's just kind of got it all seemed like under control. She's just super professional, and I, I think that's going to be to her advantage. I know she's trying something for the first time. I know that is a tough ask. Do you also have a trainer that knows kind of what he's doing? And I just kind of feel like she's going to show up and be really tough. But like I said, if she gets a little tired down the lane, Candied is definitely one that I think is going to be flying from the back and, and has a shot. But if if Tamara just sits there and gets that nice socking trip and and and, you know, kind of just stretches out like I think she's going to. I don't think they'll beat her. You know, I, I've already heard that, well, you know, she's she's get, she's had a couple perfect trips. That's what horses like this do, though. Like, everybody always said, American Pharaoh, he gets a good trip, he gets a good trip. It's because he's faster than most of the other horses in the race, and if you ask him to shut off behind a horse or two that's really flying out there, he'll do it. Well, what trip do you expect they're going to get when they're like that? And that's tomorrow. She's faster than most of these horses. She could take the lead if she wants. If horses are flying, she's shown that she can turn it off and sit behind. <laughs> well, how are we going to get a bad trip out of that? You know, and so that's kind of that's kind of the deal. So gets out of the gate. I think she's going to be tough. Yeah, uh, I looked it up. Uh, was uh, she was three to five? Songbird yeah. was that day, and you know the reason I bring her up as well is like this has been a race that's been typically won by. Um, well, okay, let's put it this way. It, the favorites don't tend to win this race unless they're like elite, right? That's kind of been the common, you know, Echo Zulu was one, um, Songbird was another. You know, a lot of times you don't have the favorite, you know, these heavy favorites win this kind of race. So I guess the question is like, do you think, tom you know, Tamara is that kind of horse? And if you do, then I have zero problem with singling her, you know, because I just, you know, maybe that's just as easy as it gets. But if you don't know that she's that good or that she's, you know, three to five good, songbird good, then maybe it's a good reason to play against. So it's kind of where I'm at with her. I haven't quite decided how I'm going to play her, but uh, I do think she is easily the one to beat. All right, let's go to the race number seven, the juvenile Phillies turf. Um, you know, kind of, you know, I was glad to see hard to justify get in the race. That was one that I was surprised was not kind of in the kind of mentioned on some of the early stuff we looked at. 
Um, but really past that, it's it, to me, it's either, uh, it's either her or, uh, you're going somewhere overseas. Oh, I totally disagree. I, I think she feels pretty and, uh, Buchu are better than hard to justify. So I, I actually think those two horses, um, are, are two that could win. I think hard to justify does have a shot. Um, I think if we're going to win one of these turf races uh, on the juvenile side, I think this is the one where we could do it. But it it just kind of feels like you've got Carla's way. You got Porta Fortuna, uh, uh, Les Povats. I, I just kind of think they're good. They're not like crazy good. And I just feel like our division, our juvenile Phillies turf division has been a little bit better than a juvenile turf. So I, I think we can win this one. It's just, I'm not sure who to, to go on this one. This is one I'm really up in the air with. It, it definitely feel. Okay. So I guess the better question to ask is whenever you look at this, you know, and I don't, maybe it's just a general Friday to Saturday, you know, concept every year, but you know, do you have any kind you know, you obviously you have less races on Friday as far as breeders cup races goes. Do you, do you feel like, you you're a little lighter on the budget on Friday versus Saturday, um, in a general sense, like, you know, just because, uh, you know, the, the horses are less, uh, you know, they've been running, you know, they're, they're juveniles. We don't have a lot of history to go with, you know, you have quite more question marks, that kind of thing. Um, probably would be the best answer. I, I don't know a thousand percent for sure on that, but most likely probably would probably be the best answer. Um, yeah, it, just because I think juveniles aside, I just the last three races we're going to talk about here. It's I'm I'm still like on the fence a little bit. Where those two earlier races, I, I kind of have a better idea. So I would say, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty not light, but definitely lighter on uh, Friday. <laughs> Kevin says he's uh, always says that, and he ends up paying the ATM on Saturday. It's well, the problem is, is Friday is such a, it, it can be, you know, we've had great Fridays where we've had huge payouts and then, uh, you know, cash some big tickets. And there's a good reason because Friday's tough, you know, because even if you do get the winner, you know, if you're playing the exactas or your tries or whatever, you got to, you know, it's, it's tough because you know, there's so many question marks, um, you know, these international horses, you know, how they're going to run um, our, our total guesses a lot of times in these juvenile races, you get a weird, you know, 40 to one horse that runs second. Uh, whatever it is, like it's a, it's a tough, I mean, they're all tough, but the, I always feel like these juvenile races, even the juvenile itself is really hard to come up with that, like exact trifecta exact on this Friday. Yeah. I guess it just kind of depends on the years. Cause I remember like 2000, uh, I believe it was 19. Yeah. Two, or 2018 or 19 when it was at Churchill, I think it was 18, actually 2018 game winner newspaper of record. Like that Friday, I liked a hell of a lot better than Saturday, right? Yeah. And then, like, the COVID year 2020, I hated Friday and loved Saturday. So it just kind of depends on the year. Um, I I don't hate Friday, but I, I think I'll like Saturday better once once we get the entries out. Yeah, and I think, too, like, you know, Duckman's, like, last year, like you said, like, was his best juvenile day ever. And I think it just depends on your opinion. Obviously, uh you know, last year, uh, when you have like a, a juvenile horse that you're excited, it's coming overseas or, you know, not to, to rub salt in the wounds, but you know, if, uh, the last, you know, if you, uh, had modern games, yeah. uh, that could be one. I mean, even though you did not cash, but it could have been oh, that one that you at least went into it thinking I'm going to bet a lot on that horse because that horse had a lot of hype. Um, and maybe you like that horse, but, um, in, in a general sense, I'm kind of that way too. I don't, 
I think two is like, you know, you don't want to like, you get your too excited about the next day. So you don't want to blow your budget too, too quick. Um, in uh, on Friday, but, uh, let's go to the next one here. The FanDuel Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This is race eight on Friday. This one's going to be a fun one, dude, because, you know, kind of like last year where you had the Cave Rock versus Forte. Cave Rock obviously was the favorite. Um, Forte upset. Well, I guess you could call it upset, but uh, based on the on the odds, it did. Uh, this year, it's it's kind of similar um, in a sense that it's uh, you've got, like, some a Pletcher. You've got a Brad Cox. You've got... Um, so um, some of these horses like coming in, but then you've got, you know, Bob Baffert and it's not just one Bob Baffert. It's two Bob Bafferts. It's Muth and Prince of Monaco. Both horses have looked really good. Both horses, um, should be short prices here. I would think Prince of Monaco probably be in the favorite thoughts on the Baffert contingent and, uh, then possibly getting upset I, for, I think from a curiosity standpoint, this is the race I'm most looking forward to on Friday. I think from a betting standpoint, it's the race I hate maybe more than any other one. I, I don't really think any of these horses are that good, but I don't think any of them are that bad. I think a lot of them look exactly the same. And I, I think from a betting standpoint, that's almost the, the worst thing you could, you could kind of see. And, and there's also horses that were really good at one race and really bad the next race. Like, and it's like, oh God! Now, now he got inconsistencies thrown in with a group that's good, not great. Yeah, I, I, from, I, I don't know. Like, just to be honest, and hopefully, post position jo- jockey choices. I, I'll throw the jockey thing you mentioned earlier. I think this race, the jockeys are going to be really important. Hopefully, when the actual entries come out, I feel a little bit better. I got to be on like I've watched the replays of all these horses. Obviously I've watched every horse uh, replay uh, on these pre-entries. I don't know what to do with this group. I, I can't sit there and like you watch tomorrow. You watch candy on the female side of things. They stand out. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to stand out the day of the race, but you watch the replays back and you're like, those two are better coming into this thing. You watch this. They all kind of look the same to me. Well, it's it, it's kind of like you alluded to. It, it's it's a weird race in a sense that they've all ran like, well, at least the ones that you're most excited about maybe are are the ones like they've all ran these really good races, and they've all ran some pretty not so good races as well. You know, like you look at Fierceness debut looked like the Derby winner, this the juvenile winner. I mean, gosh, n- name the race right, and then just couldn't have looked worse really in the Champagne yeah. last time out. There's really not a lot of excuses. Uh, shows up here. So then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, like obviously it didn't scare me off to, to run in a race like this. And then you look at a horse, say, like uh, Muth, who, you know, has seemingly figured it out, but also, you know, didn't look particularly awesome in the best pal, you know, got beat by Prince of Monaco. Prince of Monaco, by the way, won the Del Marfi charity, but didn't really look like ultra impressive that day. You know what I mean? Um, and then like a horse like the Wine Stewart who got beat last time out, uh, Timberlake, a horse that didn't look good in the hopeful and then looks really good in the champagne. So the, 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 it's pretty issue or it's pretty clear what the issue is here. It's just like, you've had these, all these horses that have ran some nice races and then, and then some that have, you know, that then they've ran this, it's like for no reason have ran poorly. So I, I kind of wonder if it's as simple as Muth over Prince of Monaco. I know it's not really a sexy pick, but maybe those two are just better than everybody else. 
I think if you do that, you have a shot to win, obviously. I mean, a better shot than doing a lot of other different stuff. But I don't, I don't, I, with the rest, the next thing I'll say is I, I certainly don't think it's that simple. No. But I also think that is a likely situation that could happen. Um, if that makes sense. I, I don't get why everybody thinks Muth is like, I've heard, I've seen so many people say Muth's a lock. I don't get it. Like, and again, I may sit here a week from today and we'll be live at the Airbnb and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to pick Muth to win this race. Very possibly. I don't get that. He's some kind of superstar though. I don't think so at all. I think he's good. You know, um, Prince of Mon- Prince Monaco. I mean, I, he really didn't run that well last time out. He won, but it wasn't that great of a race. I almost question if the race two back, that number is pretty faulty. Mm-hmm. Like that seems weird that that number was that high. So that kind of confuses you. You also, he's never been two turns. I know tomorrow's never been two turns, so it's not like a deal breaker, but he didn't really look like a horse that wanted to go any longer when he went seven furlongs when, and then when tomorrow went seven furlongs, like she wasn't, even really asked so and then like the the fierceness thing like i asked our buddy i said hey did fierceness bleed in that last race praying the answer was yes because i thought okay maybe he had an excuse next time out maybe they can get that fixed and then maybe he could pop at a big number like nope did not bleed i was like are you sure he's like i'm sure i was like well shit because there's no explanation for why he was so bad so it, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it a little bit tougher than what it should be, but I just think it. This is a weird situation. Yeah, I know. I mean, you, you, you it's like you, it's you, you're. It's tough because if you're playing against fierceness, and you know, and then that like you could definitely see it's like, well, he, we have no reason to think he, you know, why we have no idea why he ran that bad. It's like he ran so bad that it's unbelievable how bad he ran. So. Uh, I'm not on the boat. I'm I'm definitely not. By the way, I think you're right on the number. Like so, if you look at a buy, just strictly buyers, Muth regress. <laughs> Muth, this is why buyers are so full of shit. Buy uh, Muth regressed. Okay, let me say like, he regressed in the American Pharaoh. Okay, from a numbers perspective. Now tell I mean, me how that makes any sense whatsoever. If you watch the replays, it was clearly his best race. Not yes. even close. He ran a 93 buyer. Yeah on in the uh, best pal and part of the reason why he ran that or why he got that number is because they gave prince monaco a 103 for that race and so you know you naturally have that you got 91 um in the american pharaoh the del marfi charity prince of monaco got a uh, 87 so um i can believe that regression more than i can the mooth regression but I, I, you still want, like, none of these horses have, well, not because any of them, a lot of them haven't ran two turns. And so you just, you have that, especially the two top, you know, Baffert contenders just ran the two, you know, Moose just ran his two, his two turn race, his first one last time out looked good. Prince Monaco hasn't even done it. And so it's like, you don't know what he's going to do. Um, makes it tough, uh, to, to, to kind of handicap, you know, Timberlake, uh, ran you know I think that was a one turn mile wasn't it in the uh, in the champagne so it's like mm-hmm. you don't know what that horse is going to do uh, here as well so lots of question marks I certainly don't think it's a single bull single bull race <laughs> I, it might be an all race I mean <laughs> it's just like I don't I just can't get over like when I watched it because a lot of races you watch enough replays and you at least go. 
here's if not one or two, here's three or four or five that they really kind of stand out. You just watch this. It's like, oh boy, this is a grab bag. And you know, like Timberlake won that race, but it was in the slop. And so you got like the sloppy performance up at Belmont. You got to kind of think about two or up at Aqueduct, I should say. Um, it's just kind of a, a strange one. It's a strange race. Um, so again, maybe like I said, the jockey situations like Baffert's got three of them. What jock goes where? I think that'll tell us a lot. Uh, so it's going to have to rely on kind of some methods like that first what i'm seeing with my eyes because what i'm seeing with my eyes is this is a a mess noted and joannis brahms brands are at first preference in the juvenile turf which leads us to the juvenile turf race nine on friday your last breeders cup race there is a race 10 after uh, this one um but it's the juvenile turf uh and and again we we've seen this is a race to me where you can at least okay for one we don't have i don't know that we have a, a u.s horse that you want to like really count on here and two this has been a race historically that the international horses have done quite well with um and to me when you look at this race it seemed you know you got some applebee's you got you know several o'briens uh it makes it hard a tough case to go against any of them I agree a hundred percent with that one. Um, I, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible when you watch the replays here, it's like, boy, I think they've got us over a barrel. This is going to be tough. I think Carson's runs a decent horse. I think maybe with a shot, but you know, unquestionable river timber, they look pretty good. Mountain bear legend of time, uh, Johannes Brahms. They all look really good. I think what Jocko's where is going to make you kind of go one way or another with, with these Aiden O'Brien horses. I think he's kind of got us over a barrel in this race. It's going to be pretty tough for us in this one. Yeah. I mean, I, what, I mean, who is the best who, I mean, who's our bet is noted our best. I don't know. I, like, I mean, uh, I, like a, a gate road, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't really, I mean, that's pretty, I was after that, after that last performance, even though, you know, he won, I was kind of like, yeah, Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't play that horse in the Breeders' Cup though, and so I I don't necessarily love him. I I'm if I'm gonna pick one, it'd be Carson's run. I did think that last race was pretty impressive in the summer. Um, made a big run, um, and and looked really good. Got you know beat my boy Prince who came back to win as well. So I do think if there is one in this race as far as the United States goes, that would be the where I'd kind of lean. But if that's if that's what I'm saying, right? then that I don't think that's saying a lot. Yeah. I I think with the gate road, the one thing about him, you, you, you kind of write him off before every race and you kind of even like three quarters of the way through, you're like, well, he didn't fire it. And then he, he gets up and wins. So he could surprise you, but he doesn't feel like a breeder's cup winner to me. I, before I go on, I want, I want to address this because, because Kevin B said, if Aiden sends four, does he have any confidence in any, am I reading uh, uh, into this uh, too much? Like who comes for him? That kind of thing. I would guess he's not sending four. I would guess it'll just be a couple, but yeah, I mean, if he sends four horses for this, it is kind of weird. What do you think on that? Yeah. I mean, for sure. If he sends, you don't, I mean, I don't know like the stats off the top of my head, but I don't think you often see him send four in one race unless he has no you know real feel for who's who, who he thinks can win so i'm with you I, I don't necessarily think though um that we're gonna see four out of this race from him 
uh, I think whoever he does end up getting in this race is are the ones that you want to, you know, focus on. Yeah. Um, maybe let that. And I think this is one of those races, to be honest, that you, know, you look at the say two, two or three Aidens, and you look at the Appleby, and you say, okay, not only who you know how they looked, but who's riding these horses. You know, where you know mm-hmm. what are the thoughts on these? And so to me that's going to be a big indicator um, on, on how I, which way I play here. But I do think I, I do think I'll probably be going international here. Kind of feels it. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to uh, Saturday. This is uh, November, November 4th, Saturday race three is going to kick off the breeders cup um, program. It's the breeders cup, the biggest fans of breeders cup dirt mile, you know, and we, we talked a little bit about this, um, on the pre-entry show where it's like, and I think you said it, it's like, well, you know, we can't be like too surprised that it's not the, <laughs> the ultimate dirt mile we've ever seen yeah. because, you know, we have a, not the ultimate classic, you know, this year. So obviously that, that trickles down to this race, um, as well. So, you know, you've got a horse like Cody's wish. who's probably going to be one of the shorter prices, um, of the day. I mean, it's really impossible to be honest, as far as when you look from a numbers perspective, from a just past performance perspective, it's hard to discredit anything about Cody's wish in this race. But that said, maybe you can try to beat him. And that's the case. Who are you going with? It seems like there's a couple options in here, but not, not maybe who you would, not as many options as you would maybe hope. And for that reason, you're probably going to get a shorter price if you do try to beat Cody's wish. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. I I think people are going to look at this and see the kind of the regression of Cody's wish and see like where he comes from in his races. And is that really a good place to come from? Two turns at Santa Anita. No, it's really not. I'm going against him. But I, I think my worry is I I do like practical move. Uh, and again, like, like I said, I've said this a few times, nothing is set in stone, nothing. Um, because we don't know post positions and all that kind of stuff, but I, I want practical move, but I don't, I'm afraid he's going to be like five to two, because if you're not, if you're not going to bet Cody's wish, you're going to gravitate to practical move. When you watch the rest of these other horses on replays, they're not that good, but he is. So a long story short, I guess, I guess practical move at this point is who I'm most interested in. Um, Listen, a lot of people, including us, have said, hey, if Saudi crowd was in this race, there's no doubt we'd be playing him to win. If you say that, I don't know how you don't play Dreamlike. So I, I think Dreamlike is another one, but it, it's just hard for me to think Dreamlike's going to win a Breeders' Cup race. Which, by the way, I I, I, I think one of the more shocking things, and I knew that they were going to run him in the classic, but I was still surprised to see, for as many double entries as you see, um, you know, for instance, you, if I scroll down here, you can see, let me look at all these horses, you know, first preference, classic, first preference, classic, you know, you, I was surprised to see Saudi crown, not at least listed in this race and have first preference to classic, obviously just, man, this would be a race. I, I, as soon as he, you know, really this summer, I was like praying, I was like, this horse needs to go to the classic or the, or the uh, dirt mile. And this horse is going to romp and. Unfortunately, he's in the classic. I think it's a much you know tougher task. I don't know that uh, he's going to be able to do it in that race, but here, 
I think he could have held off a horse like Cody's wish and speed wins this race typically, or, you know, you need to have somewhat of speed. And I do think that's uh, kind of a detriment to a horse like Cody's wish. Um, I mean, it's, I say that he's seven for seven at the distance, right? I mean, it's not like he's, you know, it's like, oh, well, the distance, you know, or the, or the speed in this race. Well, but I still think there's an opportunity here to try to beat him. And I'm kind of with you. Dreamlike would be the one. Um, and then obviously practical move. Practical move for me is kind of where I'm leaning as of now. He has the tactical speed to win a race like this. I think you hit it right on the head. You watch his replays. He really sits some really nice trips, you know, and he really knows. I don't know if he knows or the jockey's telling him and then the horse will listen. I don't know how that works really, but he puts himself in really good spots and he is very, at least from what I can tell, a guy that's never ridden a horse, a guy that's never going to ride a horse he listens to the command of the jockey pretty well. You can tell with that jockey, that jockey being Ramon Vasquez, when he asks him to do stuff, that horse does it. And a lot of them don't, but he is very willing to do whatever he's asked. So I think that's really important in a race like this. And I think he's going to sit that perfect trip. He should be ready to run a pretty big race. But again, I'm just worried that he's five to two and I think he should be like four to one. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing I, I, I'm most impressed with, with with Practical Move is the fact that he's shortening up. Of course, he ran in a mile on his return race, but he's shortening up. He, you know, what we saw that day, too, and I get he was facing less competition, but we he, we saw that move he makes in all of his races, but then, you know, he just kind of got gutty in the in the end of those races, you know, and, I, and maybe he doesn't necessarily want to go a mile and eighth, you know, like preferably. And then at mile race last time out, we saw him kind of, make that move and extend, you know, kind of because he set a tactical spot and then boom, you got to think. I like, I also like the fact that, that Yaktina was like, they had their eyes on this race all year. Well, well, since, you know, the, you know, the issues and everything, like they were like, let's see how he runs on on this return race. And then obviously the breeders cup would be a plan. And so they, they want to get there or wanted to get there. And, and, um, you know, he beat or he beat go rocket ride that day. Go Rocket Ride, obviously, you know, went on to win in the Haskell. I think that's a nice win for him. He just was a gutty horse. He's a gutty horse who I think Cody's wish, certainly at Santa Anita as well, is going to have his hands full to run down because he will be ahead of Cody's wish. Yep. Yep. And I, I agree. I agree. Cody's wish is going to have to run a good race uh, to beat a horse like Practical Move. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right. Let's go to uh, race number four. The uh, Maker's Mark, Breeders' Cup, Philly, and Mare Turf. Uh, out of this race here, you know, Gino Romantica has first preference in the mile. Um, other than that, you got 14 horses, 13 will run probably at least. Um, this is a good one, man. This is a good one. You've got, I mean, gosh, we talked a lot about this one on the on the show earlier this week where it's like with the moonlight, warm heart, uh, in spiral, in Italian, even Fev Rover and Didia are really nice horses, uh, at t- especially Didia. I mean, Didia to me is like, as soon as uh, that horse ran last time out, I was like, oh, man, I might pick that horse in the Breeders' Cup. And then you look at this field and you're like, I might not even have the horse in my top five. Uh, that's how good this race is. Yep, absolutely. I was uh, just over the moon, getting you know excited to watch Inspiral, Warm Heart, 
and win Maryland. Those are the three horses I was just pumped uh, to get on YouTube, watch those uh, videos. I think Inspiral is is definitely a monster, uh, a, a big time monster. She has <laughs> been really, really good. The problem, and I'm not going to call it a problem really, but the, the question mark for me, she runs at a mile. This is a much longer one. And, and I think that is a little bit of a question mark. This is a much longer race. So we're going a mile and a quarter instead of a mile. Uh, I, I think a lot of people thought she would enter uh, the mile and she didn't. Um, and I think that might be good because there's a, there's a beast. We'll talk about that one in a minute, but I think spiral is, is the most talented horse in the race. Uh, I was more impressed with her than warm heart. I do have warm heart up there. Pretty, pretty high might end up, you know, putting her second, third, something like that. She looked really good. Um, and I think the, the weird thing about both these horses in spiral stretching out warm heart, actually cutting back. So that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but really good horses. I don't think when Maryland can beat those two, um, you look at some of the American horses in Italian fed Rover, they might go out there and set it up for horses like in spiral and warm heart. That's kind of my thoughts on that. I, I, I just don't know that they're going to be able to take this field gate to wire. Yeah. You know, what do you think of, um, I think the, the question mark I'm having with when he, when it comes down between the two kind of, big euros and that's you know warm art and spiral like you kind of alluded to it but you know within spiral they kind of have said like yeah you know like this is her like basically like we want to get her to the breeders cup one time you know and this is it and this is you know and the fact that she's never ran past a mile she's been a very much a miler type horse in her career and is there any kind of like well you know we're not gonna run her against the boys um so we're gonna run her here and this is kind of the best option we'll see how she does kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have a little bit of that, not a ton because I do think she's like world class. Um, but I do think you have a little bit of that, at least in the back of my mind. And then a horse like warm heart who, I mean, it's hard to like, this is a horse that, you know, can go the distance, you know, this horse is going to have zero issue as one, you know, gosh, five, uh, out of the last six races has been a really good horse, several group ones. So to me, it's really hard to go either. I mean, it's really hard to make a choice between those two. Kind of has the Inspiral might be better, but maybe doesn't want to go this long. And then Warm Heart might be, you know, perfectly, you know, suited for the distance. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's, this is just going to be really fascinating. I, I, I went into this kind of thinking, okay, well, who's going to beat Inspiral? And it's like, yeah, you know what? they can beat her. I, I, and that's not to say I'm not going to pick her, but I don't think she's a slam dunk by any means. This warm heart is, is really talented. Uh, Diddy, uh, for us locally here in the United States, that was a pretty nice win, uh, last time out to get over the track. Uh, and like I said, anytime Chad Brown's in this, it, it's interesting. Like McCulloch, I don't think is the worst to play underneath at least, you know? Um, so it's, this is going to be a battle. This, I mean, this is, uh, is there, I mean, do you, ha would you be surprised if a horse like Feb Rover or, or Didia upset these horses? I mean, and the other thing too, is like, here we are talking about this race and we've barely mentioned in Italian. I mean, it, it is that obviously wouldn't be a shock to see an Italian win, but considering how she's ran 
I don't know. I, I think the mile would have been a little, I don't know. The mile would have been maybe more interesting for her, but you kind of had an interesting take on why maybe they chose this route for an Italian. Yeah. I think the speed, you know, stretching out, don't have to face as much pressure, most likely stretching out uh, than you would going a mile. I, I just kind of think that was why to answer you, like your original question, I would not be shocked at all if an American won um, because of the question mark, Hey, will in spiral, be as you know prolific at a mile and a quarter you just don't know until she does it right i mean we talk about that in the america in the united states here all the time okay yeah really really nice but can they do it at a mile and a quarter we don't know on a spiral right so i think we have a better shot to win this one than we do the next few turf races we're going to talk about it definitely feel uh, to me at least where i'm gonna you know i'm gonna like dive into these replays tonight and tomorrow but like to me, it's going to be all about like who do I think visually, when, uh, in, in, in relation to those two, Wormheart and Inspiral, it's like who do I think visually looks the best? And then past that, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Distance wise, you, you could look at like you could, you can't, you don't know, right? You just don't know. It's not like Inspiral was ran, ran a mile and a quarter once and it didn't go well, you know? Um, you just don't know. And so to me, it's like take a look at these races and I would do this in all of them when it comes to these kind of international horses, like who do you think visually looks the best? And then, you know, roll with that one. So it's yeah. probably what I'll do um, in this one. All right, let's go to uh, the Philly and mare sprint. Maybe one of the worst ones of the card. Uh, we got a doozy of a race in the, in the next or the first one there. And then we get to race five, the Philly and mare sprint. And uh, I mean, look, good night. All looks to repeat here. Likely would do, will do it. Uh, you know she's going to be tough. Uh, has should should get a nice pace set up uh, as well. Good night, all of thoughts on this race, Halter. Well, you mentioned watching replays, and I, one thing I I urge you to do: make sure you go watch the races that happened at Saratoga after those two terrible breakdowns that we had on those big days, meaning the Whitney, meaning the uh, the uh, uh, the ballerina um the 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 forego mm. uh, the even the travers our heads were not in the game you no. need to go watch those again because in my eyes i thought goodnight olive didn't run very well leaving saratoga that day and i i to be honest i just hadn't watched those replays i just had a terrible taste in my mouth yeah so i went back today and i watched those re- today and last night and watched the replays Goodnight Olive ran spectacular in that race at Saratoga in the ballerina where Echo Zuo killed her. Goodnight Olive was fantastic. And I will promise you one thing. If she shows up and runs that race at Santa Anita, she will not lose. Now, I don't know if she does it or not. That's for another debate. And, and I don't know if she will or not. Let me tell you something. If she runs like she did in the ballerina, she will, she'll win. Well, and I know like, as good as she was, for instance, she won the ballerina last year and then she t- piggybacked off that where she won several races before that and after, but she won the ballerina last year, piggybacked off that and ran basically the same race. Um, as far as the numbers perspective goes, um, in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, she ran from a number standpoint, she ran a significantly better race this year in the ballerina in that loss. Now, again, you got to be careful sometimes with that because of how good the winner looked. 
but she was only beaten two and a half links and Echo Zulu ran. I don't know what Echo Zulu, she got a 108. So I don't know what Echo Zulu got for the race. Had they gotten like a 112 or something. I, um, I don't but, care about the numbers. I can tell you the replays. She ran a better race this year. So there you go. And, yeah. and, and there's no reason to think, um, Yo, because let's take let's take a look. I think that'd be interesting. Let's take a look at her body of work this year since being the Breeders' Cup winner. She came back off the layoff after the Breeders' Cup, won the Madison by one. In the Derby City Disc staff, she got possibly the worst ride of all time uh, on uh, with Irad and got finished third. Got third to Wicked Halo and Materia. It's a loss that should have been a win. It's a third place finish yeah. that should have been a win. That's as bad as that was. Um, then went on to win the Better Roses. And then went on to win, or finished second, I'm sorry, to the Ballerina to Echo Zulu, who's not in this race. So the point of that being is she's lost twice this year. One of them shouldn't have been a loss. The other one was to, like, a freak of nature. So if Echo Zulu was, would have ran in this race, would you have thought, would you have said that's a single, even though as good as you're liking Goodnight Olive now? Yes, because she ran that huge race, and I did not realize how close Goodnight Olive was to Echo Zulu. When we watched that race, that was the race right after the breakdown that happened. And all we were watching was to make sure Echo Zulu yeah. didn't fall. That's it. Yeah. Yep. I didn't watch any other horse in the race. I never, and then, so I watched the replay back. And again, this is the first time I watched any race from those days was today. I just was, I was just sick. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get myself to do it physically. Did it today. You watch that back. There's a point where it looks like Goodnight Olive may jump up and win. And Echo Zulu just found another gear. But yeah, I mean, if you watch that race back, Echo Zulu was just a monster that day. But Goodnight Olive was right there. Goodnight Olive, it's not like she wasn't a monster. She was. It, well, she was just got beat. Don't feel bad because, you know, I think a lot of us and myself included are felt the same way just after that weekend where you're just like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look back on it. I don't want to. Uh -huh remember it frankly and so yep. i'm with you all i remember about that particular race well two things is like you said echo zulu like let's just pray that like you're just watching her legs basically and hoping she yep. gets the wire which is insane to think about yep. and two is i do remember like because we had we still had a win bet and had a lot of stuff going through her um and i remember thinking like not feeling like she had it, even though she had it, it was just like, come on, come on. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of allude kind of goes to what you're saying with that. Good night. All gave her, you know, gave her a test there for a second before um, she kind of pulled away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I, I do, I will say this. I don't think if, if who's your Phil is who's your Phil. Is this the, let me look. Who's your mm -hmm. Philly yeah. first, has first preference in the disc stuff. Okay. So, um, if she were to run, no matter where she runs, I like Hoosier Philly is one of those horses that I don't think she'll take a lot of money in the distaff, but maybe she will. But I just do not like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Vivi's dream Hoosier Philly, uh, antagonist this weekend or this next weekend, the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Don't think they have any chance. I, I'm seeing a lot of people comment, uh, well, and we can wrap it up. A lot of people asking, hey, do you think society can take the field gate to wire? You kind of said, you know, horses don't usually go gate to wire in these sprints. Um, I, I will talk about society for a second. I, I think my biggest issue with her, and it's weird when she's at like smaller tracks, she yeah. is just a beast 
But when she steps up and runs against better horses, she's like nowhere to be found. So I, that's my worry with her. Like, so the question is like, can they do it or can she do it? Yeah. I mean, she can, but it would be the first time that she's beat like a legit field. Yeah. I just, I would be, if I, the good night all of is, it has a lot of, um, has a lot of the things I like, like similar to practical move that has like that versatile kind of tactical speed, you know, doesn't need to be on the lead, but will can sit very close to a, you know, to a moving pace. And so, um, with good night, all of, I think that's kind of what, why she's so good. And, I, and in this race you do, I think there's a lot of speed in the race, you know, uh, between the Baffert Philly Ada, and then you've got like horses like, um, Elm drive. Who's got, who has some speed. Um, and then obviously you Gary is the horse that's got speed society has obviously speed like you talked about. And for those reasons, I just think society is not going to get like this clear, easy lead that she's get that she gets on some of these smaller tracks. And for that, you know, she's going to, she'll get pressured and then she'll fade. That's my thoughts. I, I wouldn't be shocked one way or the other. I, I just think at the end of the day, I am going to stick with that. I don't, I just don't know. I wish she would have just somewhere along the line ran a race where you go, oh, well, that's she just stepped up a little bit and ran okay, you know. All right, let's look at the uh, race six, the FanDuel Breeders' Cup mile. Uh, dude, this is a master of the seas, Maj in here for Godolphin. You've, you've got Songline, um, you know, up to the mark, obviously, in here, but going to run in the turf. In Italian is gonna, you know, is gonna run in the other one, but I'll take a look here. Gino Romantica has second preference. So Gino Romantica, Romantica, Chad Brown opting to run her at this distance at the mile against the boys, um, and then the other ones have first preferences in Italian up to the mark. Master Foxhounds have first preference in uh, the Philly Mare Turf and the Turf races. So, what do you think of this one? You know, Dejour, this is a not what you know, a terrible horse, especially out, out west. And then you know you've got Gino Romantica deciding to run here, or this trainer at least. And then you got the Good Dolphins. Um, I think Maj running at a mile is is smart. And then of course Master of the Seas, really hard to you know say anything negative about him. He's just been really really good at this distance. And then Songline is super interesting for the Japanese contingent. This race is nuts. Our Stephanie said it, but this is going to be a battle. These horses that are coming over here are Paddington looks like a monster to me. I mean, he is really good. Songline looks like a monster to me. Uh, a couple other European horses I'm, I'm really interested in as well. This is going to be a freaking war. Um, I, look, I, I also think, I think master of the seas is, in here with a shot, but gosh, I don't think he's Paddington or, or, or Songline. I mean, this race is so deep. Like I have, like things could change a thousand percent for sure. I've got Casa Creed sixth right now, and mm -hmm. I like Casa Creed. I've got Maj ninth, and when Maj won at Keeneland, I thought, okay, that we better look out for this one. I've got her ninth right now. I mean, I think, I think this, <laughs> I think this is just going to be a freaking slugfest. I mean, you saying Maj ninth? That's that's incredible. And I, again, I, a lot could change. Who who actually comes over? Blah blah blah. But as of right now, that's that's where I've got her. The Guinness winner, and then came over and won a Grade One uh, over here in QE Two Cup at Keeneland, going a mile and eighth. You know, needed all. You know, didn't need much to go any longer. Or else would have gotten beat. Cutting back to that mile distance that 
uh Maj is two for two at so I think Maj at this in this race it, to me it's gonna be hard for me to go against Godolphin here, which I know is not any kind of surprise, but just because you know Master of Seas ran incredible in in the turf mile and got beat by up to the mark and obviously won the Woodbine mile. Um I think he's gonna be tough. And then I think, you know, with Maj as well, Gino Romantica is got me like pausing a little because I'm like okay like you're you think she's that like we've seen chad brown run some good ones in the in the mile and uh mm-hmm. you think she's that good to where you're gonna run her you know against the boys here uh she loves this distance i think i think she might be tough let me ask you this because i agree a thousand percent with what you just said but let me ask you this who do you prefer like most gina romantica or maj Boy, um, probably Gina by a slight margin. Me too. I'd say. Um, Me too. It's close though. I, I just think I, I, I think it's closer than I would have expected it to be. But um, yeah, I think G- Gina Romantica ran so good. I thought that race to an Italian last out. I mean, just. Mm-hmm looked incredible really and and by the way like i think it's worth it's can we talk about we've talked a ton about cannot believe that uh that up to the mark came up and beat master of seas i cannot believe that an italian got beat by gina romantica that day i mean an italian looked home and and gina romantica just came and got her and, and ran but like from a numbers perspective and you can you know all numbers like whatever but just from a that was the best race in italian that ever ran from a numbers perspective. So to me, from the eye test, it wasn't like, oh, she just ran poorly. I think Gina Romantica came up and got her. And uh, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, well, now let me just say this. Uh-huh. It's also worth noting that that was far and away the best race that Gina Romantica had ever ran. So there's that agree. too. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, definitely. And I, I'll tell you how... <laughs> So I, that was the OU Texas game. And I, I talk about you, when you go to that game, you literally don't have cell service for three, four hours until you get away from those fairgrounds. So I came back and I watched that race knowing the result. I knew an Italian lost. And when they were halfway down the stretch, I kept thinking somehow they've like lied to me. Like they, they, they <laughs> said, like somehow they've lied. There's no yeah. way she lost. Yeah. And then she got beat. Yeah. So. I know. Um, I mean, it was like it went from like, oh well, this is this is over, you know, to yeah, oh shit, here's you know, <laughs> she's not gonna do it. Um, same with the Maj race. You knew Maj won, and you're probably thinking, oh shit, like how did she win? You know, it was close. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's a you know any Chad Brown. I think it's it's Chad Brown or one of the Godolphins for me. That's probably where I'm going here. Yeah, um, I, I, and just to say one last thing on Maj, you know, Kevin B made a comment. He said, I really like the way that horse won the last race. I totally agree. And, and we talked about it after the race on our group chat. We we're like, she won that race. It was a nice setup, right? She probably could have won by more. They just, they were real easy, relaxed with her. Great. Yeah, yeah but, they, people, just, go ahead. But I was going to say, but this is a beast of a race. That's the thing. Just a monster of a race. 
Yeah, people shit kind of shit on it a little. Not everyone, but a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like she almost got beat. But it's like it just felt like a very, a very kind of uh, planned. This is where we how we want to run her kind of race by Maj. You know, I didn't ever feel like it, it was one of those like close perform close finishes that never felt like it was going to be close. You know. Yeah. Um. And so I loved that they ran her once over here. You know, before. So now you kind of have that. And like, okay, it confirmed miles where we want to go. Boom. I think she's a nice horse. She's a pace presence uh, without any question, just uh, based off of that. So, yeah. all right, let's go to, um, I believe this is race seven, the uh, Breeders' Cup distaff. 13 horses entered, pre-entered into the race. And Halterman, the when I look at this one, well, obviously, I, I think a lot of things when I look at this one. Um, one is we have no good the staff horses right now or not i don't want to like shit all over them but we don't have any like world-class type horses. you're right <laughs> uh go ahead sorry and we also have a seemingly i'll say that very loosely but a seemingly definite pace meltdown scenario like the blaring sirens going off when you have a field that's not that great of horses that like to go to the lead. And then there's some that just are going to sit off and it just feels like some sort of collapse is pending. Who's going to get it done. I, I, I mean, I just can't stand this race. So I'll start with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is one. I, I just don't have anything really figured out. You go, you go watch these replays and it's like, yeah, they're just not very good. Idi- idiomatic, I guess this is the one, but it just kind of feels like she's going to get beat by one of these. I, I'll probably try to go against her. Um, I, I don't know. This is such a, this is just such a tough race to, to, to decipher. I mean, it's just a nasty race. Like if they ran this, this race on a Friday at Belmont, I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't like, it's not good. Well, it also feels like if they ran this race like 10 times in a row, like you'd have like six different winners. You know, like it just feels like there's not any consistency with a lot of these. Sometimes you're going to get a horse that's going to win. Sometimes you're going to get a horse that um, that won't run well. And so idiomatic obviously is the now horse, right, of the group. One Has won four in a row, um, has rattled off four straight triple-digit buyers, hasn't really done a lot wrong, has won in a mile 16th, has won in a mile 3 16th, has won in a mile and eighth, has won in the slops, won in the dirt. Um, or the fast. Uh, so, I mean, there's not a lot to not like about idiomatic. The only thing is, the only issue is she's kind of gotten away with just these cruising 48s, 112s, just loping out their fractions. And that's great, but we haven't really seen her tested yet. And I, I do think, you know, even I mentioned Hoosier Philly. I think she's, she's a horse that needs those easy leads as well. She's not going to get it here. And so I think those two alone are going to create some havoc. I just don't think that they can, you know, randomize. There's another one, right? We haven't seen that horse since uh, the Bell Dame. There's a lot of speed in here. I just, it just feels like it's going to set up for somebody. And I get Clarier, like, is the is the obvious answer when you talk about setup. But, I mean, she, she's no... we. We also, I could also see her like, oh, here that idiot comes late, you know, and she runs up for like second or third, you know, it looks like she's flying, you know, 
that's the kind of performance you could see from her as as well. I know search results won last time finally, but like, what if search results finally won a big one here? I think it's possible, honestly. And I, I know you'll be like, come on, but I think it's possible she can. Um, I think Leda Vita might win. I don't think she's out of the question because I do think the pace is going to set up for somebody to come from mm-hmm. out of it. I, uh, yeah, finished second idiomatic last uh, last time out in the spinster um, coming from well off of it. It's been a horse that, you know, has closed pretty much every single effort. Um, yeah, I mean. She's not good enough on paper, but. You know, the other one would be wet paint, right? I mean, I yeah. hate to even say that, but one won the CCA Oaks, uh, you know, finished second to, to randomized in the Alabama but a horse that's you know has that late closing kick um, to Clarier as well, obviously. But I just I don't know. I can't. What if Pretty Mischievous does it? You know, the Oaks winner. I don't think it's impossible, and I don't think randomizes is possible either. I, I it's it's a toughie. It's a really confusing race, and, and the more trust me on this one. The more you dive into it, the worse it gets. <laughs> Most of these we've talked about, I, I like whether I'm right or wrong, that's another story altogether. But I at least have a pretty good idea in my head of how I think it's going to go. I don't know on this one. It's a, just a weird race. And then you have Dare Manor. I mean, that the, the glaring question is if, if the class mm-hmm. can you know, is going to be too much for her, but that's a horse that's rattled off you know, five in a row. Um, love Santa Anita. It's Bob Baffert. Lots to like from that department, but this is this is a class test from the Zenyatta. You know, it doesn't feel like she could match up, but I mean, I, she's probably not for me. I guess is how I'd say it. But I, I wouldn't. If she wins, I'm not going to be on like the Saturday Night Show going. I can't believe that just happened. You know? Yeah, good. Right, let's go to uh, race number eight, the uh, Breeders' Cup Turf. This is uh, maybe the best race of the card, in my opinion. Uh, I can. This is. I'm so excited for this one. Seventeen horses yeah. pre-entered into the race. Um, obviously, fourteen will go at tops. But listen, you got Warlike Goddess. You got up to the mark. You got most most deaf. It's like I like to say most of deaf. Um, you know, Broom Bullshit, but Bullshit Ballet. Auguste Rodin, 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 dude. I mean, this went from like, okay, I think up to the mark, even though I've been kind of shitting on him, he may just be able to win this race because one, he's obviously very good, but two is like what international horses are coming. And then you look <laughs> at the, the what what's showing up. You're like, oh shit, we've got some options here. If, if up to the mark wins this race, he, he is the horse of the year, in my opinion, no matter what happens. If if up to the mark beats this group, he's the horse of the year. I will die on that cross. I don't care if Archangel wins by 10. If up to the mark can beat these horses, it's really something very, very special. I think Mostadoff is just a monster. I, I, I've been so impressed watching his last two races. He has been just a beast. But I think that August Rodane is pretty good. I think Ernesto is really good. King of Steel looked really good to me. I don't know if he's coming. I don't think he's going to. He looked awesome to me, too. This is an awesome group. I think most deaf, as you like to call him, is the one to beat, though. He he just, 
man, you just watch his races. He's just got like a motor, man. He just doesn't stop. And I, I don't think we're going to be able to beat a horse like that over here. But I say that he doesn't have to just beat up to the mark. He's got to beat other horses from overseas that yeah. are really good too. He faced Nashua and, um, and uh, Paddington. I think it was either last time or two races back. It was, it was last time out. And those horses started to kind of come up on him. And they just, Frankie just started wheeling on that horse. Man, he dug in. You could like see him like lower his head and just take off again. And it's like, God, this horse, he's got a motor, man. But he can be beat because this field is sharp. You know, and it's, uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting parts about this, but you know, it, the fact that like this horse and someone in the chat can correct me or tell me which race it was that he was going to run. Like he wasn't supposed to run over here. This mm-hmm. was kind of the backup plan. There's going to, they were going to run in the whatever overseas. And when it came up soft and too soft, they said, no, the track's too soft. We're going to run the horse at the breeders cup. And what track would, would you, <laughs> would you want a horse that, yeah, the QB two? Well, what horse would you want? Or what race would you want a horse that wants fast or, or not firm turf? Yep. <laughs> what track would you pick? And San Anita is pretty high on that list. And 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 you ask and you shall receive back to back Group Ones winners at Ascot and York. Just that this is going to be a tough. This is going to be a tough ask for up to the mark. Now I will say this: he's done most of his damage at distances other than the mile and a half. Now for what that is worth, you know, he also won a mile five sixteenths last time out, which, you know, for those math wizards out there is almost a mile and a half. So it's not necessarily like insane to think, Oh, well, mile and a half, but if you just kind of look at the overall record. Mile and a half has not been his bread and butter. Bottom line though, he is the class of the, of the, of the group coming over here in my opinion. And by the way, if you're watching this video on YouTube, um, if you see like the, the, the capture, the, the photo that I used on, on the, uh, on the, like on the screen there, that's most F and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him that just, that's just what I'm going to call him now. I love it. Um, he's a cool looking horse. He, he would, it would be highly disappointing if he came over here and didn't fire because you were kind of mentioning he's a cool looking horse. He's a, he, <laughs> this is so dumb to kind of say this, but he just seems like a mean horse, man. It's just like, you're not getting by me type of horse. If you, if you know what I'm saying, he just, he just looks like a monster out there. But like I said, this Ernesto horse is talented, really talented. Uh, uh, Augusta Rodin, really a talented horse. And listen, the thing that those horses have in common, they're running better on firm tracks. So, you know, all three of those I listed, seems like a firm track is really going to move them up. Uh, the Japanese horse in this race, too. Uh, I don't know how you would say that horse's name. Shahari? Shaharier? I don't know. Close. It, That's fine. I, I, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not the uh, the, the, yeah. the judge on how to pronounce horses. So he's he's not bad either. So I'm telling you, these these horses are are just monsters in this in this spot. It's the European horses that are coming over are making this Breeders' Cup a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I I don't know about some of these, but like when you look at like, I mean, even a horse like Bolshoi Ballet, which I, I mean, I don't know. I'm I was I was dead set against him that day. I had Soldier Rising. He just beat the pants off of 
Soldier Rising, who ran a good race, ran second, but Bolshoi Bayali looked awesome. So you kind of have that, the, uh, you know, has ran over here several times. Ran in the Breeders' Cup turf last year, Bolshoi Bayali did. Uh, I'm sorry, that was 21, um, but didn't run well. Kind of, I don't know, it's been like, I don't know, I, I, I didn't think this horse was like the super scary um, type horse. But Aiden O'Brien also brings over Augusta Rodine that you mentioned. And I think that's that's an interesting one as well. Likes yeah. the distance. Um, is a three-year-old. That's, you know, kind of so you're facing the elders and that I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't, I think it's, it's pretty tough to see a three-year-old win this race. It definitely is. It's going to be a big challenge. It's happened though before it happened at Del Mar a couple of years ago, but this horse, wait till you watch this horse. This is a monster. <laughs> it's Augusta Rodine. He is a freak. Like he's won three out of the last four in the race. He lost. He just didn't show up as a yielding course. He just didn't ever pick up his feet. Those wins. He just digs in and says, I don't think so. You're not getting by me. You kidding me right now? Like the, seriously, <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Stephanie. Appreciate that. Great show. Uh, and Michael says this might be the best horse field he's ever seen in his whole life. Um, I mean, that says something because not to mention like we've been rattling off about how good these horses are and we've barely talked about uh, up to the mark yeah. and warlike goddess, which, you know, say what you want about warlike goddess. Uh, you know, she's, she's been pretty damn awesome her whole career. And obviously facing the, uh, the boys here, they do this, obviously, you know, they know the distance is what she's best suited for going a mile and a half, but you know, thoughts on, I'll, I'll at least ask you about, about her. You know, I think we can, at least I can say I'd kind of written her off and as far as winning these kind of races and then kind of, you know, shoved it down my throat there and, and, and one last time out in the turf classic, you know, thoughts on her coming in this race off of a nice performance. Yeah. I, mean, I, I it's great to see. I'm glad she's here. I, it, you know, Warlike goddess and up to the mark, they're horses that they could win. They definitely could win. Um, but you almost like, God, I kind of feel bad that I've got them, you know, down here in like fifth or sixth or seventh, like they're way too good to probably finish there. But it's just one of those things like you just you just look through this field. It's like, holy shit, this is this is they're good. All these horses are really good. Yeah, this is uh this is the race, man. This is the race of of the day. And you gotta follow this from this race to the classic, which is race <laughs> <laughs> number nine. Uh if there was ever a year to do it, it's this year, right? They did it because of the, the West Coast and the football schedules and all that shit. But um you got Two races after this uh, in the Breeders' Cup, 18 horses pre-entered, obviously 14 max. Arabian night, I mean, listen, we've been talking about this field for all year almost, it seems like. So, obviously not a lot to say, but Arabian night, Archangelo, Bright Future, Charge It. Derm so, you got two Japanese horses, Derma Sotagaki and Ushba Tesoro. Uh, You've got Go Rocket Ride, um, you know, Mage. King of Steel is, I don't think King of Steel is going to, first preference he has in the turf. Um, and maybe not, maybe not come over at all. Mage, Proxy, Saudi Crown, Senior Buscador, Ushbicero, White with Barrio, Zandin. I mean, it is what we thought it, it was going to be, right? I mean, there's no real surprises of the race. Has anything changed for you? Not really. Uh, I, I did watch all the replays again. Again, urge you to go watch the Travers again. I, I thought um, I like Archangelo a little bit more after watching it. Uh, I think he, you know, he's pretty good. I, I still don't think he's like some kind of elite horse, but he's, he's obviously very good. 
Um, I mean, why to Barrio is kind of a standout if, if he could do the Whitney thing again, he, he kind of, he wins a race. Like you would want a classic horse to win. He sits a trip that you kind of want to sit at Santa Anita, all those kind of things, but boy, oh boy, you just watch that race. And then you watch all of his other races. It's just night and day. The difference uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, and I've heard the training has been really, really strange. So I don't know if you can, you know, back him, but you watch replays. It's like, well, yeah, if I had a for that race, he wins, you know? <laughs> so, um, but I just don't think the chances of that are very good. And if they're not, it's just a, it's a grab bag. Archangelo Arabian night, go rocket ride. I think they kind of trade up with, you know, trade wins here, or there, uh, Ushba Tesoro went back and watched his races. Can't say he doesn't have a chance, right? I mean, he looked, he looked pretty solid. I, I don't know who he's facing. That's kind of the question mark. Um, I, I, I wish the race was like a mile and 16th. I think Saudi crown could win it, but I just don't think he'll get, you know, a mile and a quarter. So I know I it's a long way to say, I, things really aren't all that clear for me still <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of roundabout way said, I have no freaking clue yet. Still. Well, I just, it just, they all have their problems and they all have their things that are good about them too. Yeah. Um, you know, the more I've looked at it and, 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 and handicapped it, it, it feels like, it, I mean, which I mean, Archangelo is going to be the one, right. That's like, I, I was against him in the Travers and looked stupid and then was against him in the Belmont looked stupid and probably going to be against him here and could very well look stupid again. I just think if there's a three-year-old's going to do it, I'm going to be, I'm going to bet my money on the, on the guy that's done it with, multiple three-year-olds over the years and recent years and that's baffert and, and arabian night i just I'm not going to overthink that one too much if i'm not picking three-year-old you know i think it <laughs> you just throw a dart really i mean i don't think that uh i don't uh, you might think this is crazy but i don't think bright future is, is in without a chance um whatsoever has kind of figured out how to do it the last couple races it seems like and uh, you know, that uh, with no forte now in the race, Rapoli's going to want that win, right? So uh, he's going to do everything they can do to get uh, the horse in the winner's circle. And then obviously, like you mentioned, with with uh, with Wada Barrio and obviously my boy, Ushba. That's, uh, that's the one I keep going back to. But I'm with you. Hasn't ran. Hasn't faced uh, that difficult to feel. I do think Saudi Crown, the more I've kind of looked, like I think... I've been kind of writing him off like, oh, he should have ran the dirt mile. And again, I don't know that he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win, I should say. But I think he's going to give it a run. You know, I don't necessarily think Saudi Crown is going to like toss in the towel in the turn. You know, I, I think the way Brad Cox trains, the way they've decided to run here, like we're going to have that moment where it's like, oh, shit, like they're going to have to come get him. Someone's going to have to, you know what I mean? Like he might give it a, a go. And then ultimately, like you know, the mile and a quarter just turns out to be just a little bit too far for him, uh, certainly in yep. this race. And then it's enter, you know, whatever horse. You know, I wish I knew what that horse was. Yeah. I can't sit here and say I'd be shocked if he does it because he does kind of. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, he, he does kind of have that look, you know, of one that. Yeah, especially at Santa Anita, it's like we can keep going. We can keep going. We can keep going. Shit, they never caught him type yeah. of thing. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you, I agree. I Because you even look at, like, the Jim Danny. Now, granted, he did get beat, ultimately, by Forte and maybe a debatable finish. But still, like, and you kept, you just knew, like, they're going to get to him. They're going to get to him. And they're not. They're not. You know what I mean? Like, it just kept on hanging in there. Kept on hanging in there. And, uh, you know, I know that you're going longer than a mile and eighth here, but you can still see him kind of hanging on and, and making this thing interesting. Yeah, I, I, I definitely could. I wouldn't talk anybody off of him if you're going to give him a shot. This race is the ultimate. If you get it right, you kind of go, okay, I got I, I got away with one a little bit there. It's like got, I got lucky. The The other side of it is every one of these horses, when you pick it, bet it, whatever you want to do, or however you want to say it, they could make you look really foolish. <laughs> like betting Archangel is a favorite and he runs fourth is you're going to feel like shit. If you pick Ushba to Soro, oh, that's an all if he doesn't run right there, well, buddy. you're going to sit there and go, I just picked a freaking Japanese horse yep. to win the classic. That's an know? all or nothing pick, man. It, and most years I would like be like, don't do it. Just don't do that. But this year I'm not going to tell you that because I think he might win, you know? you know, I'm going to just lean on Baffert and then that horse doesn't run very well. Or, you know, or I, I'm going to go crazy and try to try to get one home with bright future. And he runs last, like that's it. That's this race in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, uh, we've seen like, you know, three, I saw a comment saying three-year-olds usually run well. And you know, those three-year-olds are usually trained by Bob Baffert. You know, we've seen yep. it done. Um, he's the only winner trainer by the way, to do it with a three-year-old and he's done it four times. So it's yeah. not like um, I'll give someone a, a dollar uh, of, of of Monopoly money um, if you can tell me the four, but uh, it's not that hard to come up with, by the way. But still, the point is, it just he's and, and he had and Arabian Night has a lot of the Bayern fills, in my opinion. I've said that like really all year, but he did. You know what I mean? Where Bayern kind of had a little bit of steam. Now, obviously, Arabian Nights had more steam, but yeah. he kind of faltered took some time off didn't see him then we started to kind of get him back into shape and he really peaked at the end of the year and that's a little bit of to me what arabian night has been doing and and if there is going to be a three-year-old it seems like it's going to be him i mean but <laughs> i'm i'm kind of worried he's going to take too much money totally i mean he is the buzz horse and the mornings I also wonder too with him, you know, we just, we, we've went on and on, right. About Saudi crown and the speed and maybe, you know, he's the horse to catch and you know, if they can catch him and maybe he'll get, go the whole way. And I mean, doesn't Arabian night. That's all he does too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this I think is going to depend as, as where these horses draw and kind of where, you know, the tactics of that race. If you think Arabian night is going to steal the thing, well, that's, that's going to be tough considering Saudi crown is, is a huge pace presence of the race. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. One last uh, thought it's uh, is senior Buscador impossible. I don't think anybody's impossible in this race right. to be, to be very fair. <laughs> I would be, he, he would fall under the list of I'm surprised he won't like, I'm surprised that horse won, but I'm not like on the floor can't you know can ne never saw that one coming type surprise i'm not you know uh rich strike surprise <laughs> you know uh, i think everybody's fair game in this one 
I think it has a chance to fall apart. I think he has experience over the track. I yep. think, you know, kind of he'll come with a little bit of a run. I think he could get third or fourth. Ser- I'm being serious. No, no. I, I low-key love him underneath. <laughs> because I do think he likes the track. He has experience at the track. And he's that horse that just has no shot, but it's just going to be kind of flying late, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, pick off some really bad horses that maybe are struggling late in the race. Has I got a question for you. Is has Zandon lost his? And I and this is weird to ask it this way, but you'll understand why in a second. Has he lost his kind of like it factor as being the horse to, that you can key in second? Is now is, now, is, is he too good now? Is did, <laughs> did you know did something happen in that race where? Now you're like, I keyed Zandon and he won. Then you feel like a really big idiot that you keyed Zandon and he didn't pick him to win. A lot of sentences have been said about this classic this year uh, that are weird. Uh, hey, I don't think senior Buscador is impossible. That's weird for a classic. <laughs> hey, has San- is Zandon lost the luster to finish second? That's weird for a Breeders' Cup classic. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love him. I love that horse, but uh, I don't. Could Zan, it, it, what is would be more surprising for you, Zandon to win or Senior Buscador? Uh, Buscador. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Um, all right. Obviously, uh, the classic. Uh, we'll have a ton more on that, and we, you know, the handicapping is is going, uh, and and we're, we're next week. We'll be at Saratoga or Saratoga at Santa Anita. Uh, we'll be talking about our picks and our final picks, and we'll be locking them in over the coming weeks, but that's a look at the field there. And let's go to the next one. We have two races, right? Um, while everybody's, uh, 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 you know, uh, TV has turned it and watching the in a, or, uh, college football. We're still at Santina with two races left on oh, three races, really count race 12, but two more breeders cup races. The turf sprint is race 10 and it's a, I mean, you got 21 pre-entered only 12 will run, uh, here, but, Thoughts on this one, Jasper Cronet, the Japanese horse, going to show up here. I thought maybe he might run in the sprint. Um, they're choosing to run at least first preference uh, in this one. Caravel, your defending champ. You know, people forget this is a horse that, you know, won this race last year. I mean, they may not forget that she won the race last year, but they probably forget that, that she won the race at 42 to 1. Um, and now all of a sudden you're you're going to take – I mean, I don't know, like off the top of my head, but it, that feels like we were talking about a horse from last year. You know, like there can't be a bigger price difference in a re, in a in a defending champ in the net that next year than that. Forty two yep. to one at to what? What is she going to be like? Five to two, two to one. Yep. Yep. I I think I can't give a whole lot of insight on this one I, this is another one it's this it's a post positions i think going to be really important i think this is a rider's race going five furlongs on the turf at santa anita it usually is a rider's race i'm not playing carabelle i guarantee you that not at not as the favorite i mean she wins great but i'm not i'm not i can't do it i'll probably just take a small shot with a little bit of a long shot here um not sure who yet this is this is just a weird one the thing that's concerned, and like the thing is with her is that it's like, okay, I this is such a speedy race, obviously. You know, it used to be, you know, going six and a half down down on the downhill at San Anita. Now it's not, obviously. They it, it's a, it's a straight sprint, five furlongs. I mean, they fly, especially out here at Santa Anita. So normally you'd be like, well, Caravelle obviously fits that one to a T, right? Like that that's kind of her game. But the thing that's concerning for her for me 
is even the one she won in the Jiper, she, the last three, she's not gotten to the lead, you know? Certainly the last two were very eye-opening, I thought. And that just, for a horse that has done one thing and one thing really, really good, and that's just blaze, right? From the start, from the, the time they open the gates to the time they cross the wire, kind of makes you wonder, right? It makes you wonder if she's lost a little bit of her, her step. Yep. Now, I I don't want to, you know, she did almost win last out, and it's not like she's terrible. No. But I just think there's an opportunity to try to beat her at what will be a short price. Yep, I agree. We're, it's it, it wasn't that good of a race for Keeneland. I don't, I, she, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, okay, yeah, now she's going to go win the Breeders' Cup type. So, I, I think, uh, I, I, Jasper Cornet is going to be a, a pick of mine. I think. Um, okay. I, I, I'm basically. I think what I'm. I'm just going to go through these and and when I, when I handicap and just who do I think is the fastest of the bunch? Really, I mean, because mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a horse that's going to try to go. Um, it might just run them off their feet. Um, no balls is a, is a is an interesting one for sure. Yep. Um, you know, obviously pro, proved I thought to be faster than than Caravel. Uh, the last few, but uh, again, uh, No Balls has a little bit of the. I can't believe a horse named No Balls won the Breeders' Cup. So I don't know if I can go quite that far. <laughs> it's kind of like when you pick a Derby winner, you know. It's like I can't pick that horse based solely on the name. Um, yep. All right, let's go to the last one here: the Breeders' Cup Sprint, the Qatar Racing Breeders' Cup Sprint. Eleven horses pre-entered. Uh, the first preference on Jasper Cornet, so let ten horses, um, but. You know, elite power, another one of those good night all type feels where it's like, okay, won the race last year. Maybe you want to try to beat him, but the question is who and does he still have it left in him to do it? Gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do on this one either. I got to figure out these last two because I watched uh, all the replays. Like I said, elite power, I don't think he ran very well last time out. I know, and he's like, well, he ran second. Of course he didn't. But, you know, it's like, hey, him, Gunite, really good race. Gunite just got the best of him today. I don't really think Elite Power did much in that last race. I didn't I didn't really like his race last time out. Now, his other races, obviously, like a lot, including the one that won the sprint here last year. Um, it, I don't know. I just didn't like Elite Power that much. So I got, I'm thinking about going somewhere different. Um, just haven't decided yet. Uh, by the way, uh, just to clear this up, Kevin, it is Crone. I, I get it. I thought the same thing. It, I, I've been saying Crone all along. Go watch one of his replays. They say Crone. It's I don't know. You get got me. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I do. Um, I wonder with elite power. I don't know. That last race was had a little bit of the concerns. You kind of opened my eyes to that a little bit um, where it's just like, you know, the Vanderbilt was one of those where it's like probably should have lost, but just ran awesome. I mean, just ran his eyeballs out. And then that forego just, you know, I get you can make the excuses here and there, whatever, like, but I mean, that horse, he just didn't run very well. You know, just plain and simple. I mean, he got beat by almost two links. It's not like it was like to the wire like it was to, to, to good night when he beat him. Goodnight just kind of beat the crap out of him. He he started to kind of make a move, and then Goodnight kind of separated a little bit more, and Elite Power just kind of quit. Um, 
Uh, and again, I, I may end up picking him, but at this point, it's like, I just, I don't know. I didn't like that very well. I just didn't think he ran all that well. So, uh, and, and I think it'll be a really short price. Maybe we can try to beat him with somebody. I, you know, I see a lot of people talking about Speedboat Beach, and I get it, but I don't know. Let's see what kind of jockey they put on. Yeah. Well, the, the the easy answer for everyone would be if if some reason Espinosa wrote him again, then you could just be like, well, good. Don't have to use him now. So this was, okay. This was my theory on it when it happened. I was really interested in Speedboat Beach when he entered last time. And they put Espinosa on him. And so it's like, yeah, don't worry. He, he'll never ride him again. Okay, why in the hell did he ride him that time? Like, what were you yeah. thinking? What were you doing? What went into that? Because when, when he, I was all excited for him to come back. I saw Espinosa. I'm like, oh, they obviously, they don't like this horse as much as I like him. And then he ran the best race out of anybody, I thought, that day. But I don't know. It's weird. I hope We'll see the jock. We'll see the jock situation. That'll make a big difference. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he's not going to do that. He's not going to ride him. So you got to know you're going to get an, 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 uh, a better jockey situation. But, um. Man, I don't know. Speedboat Beach for me. That he ran so good off of that long. I mean, it was an insane layoff, and to run that good, yeah. Didn't use his speed either, which was just infuriating. So, kind of want you know, and then you know the chosen Vron, I, like that's a horse that yeah. I feel like is getting disregarded, um, just purely because of you know like, oh this horse you know the cow bread and. But kind of put that to bed a little bit last time out. The Bean Crosby ran an awesome race, beating Anarchist, beating Dr. Scheibel. This horse is going to be a big prize and uh, wouldn't be totally shocked. Love Santanita, obviously, seven for eight at Santanita. And then then the other one, obviously, is Dr. Scheibel. He runs his race pretty much every time. Six six wins and nine uh, starts at the distance and four wins and six starts at santa nita loves the track so that's another one that if you think elite power is, is not going to win is vulnerable and you think speedboat beach say for instance is going to be too low of a price to, to it's kind of similar to if you think you're going to beat uh cody's wish but practical moves just you don't love the price if that's a similar situation i have no problems taking some shots with some of these other ones you agree yeah, i agree i agree i I just got to decide who and do I want to take Speedboat Beach. I think that's the the thing, and probably going to get bad a little bit. Are you worry about that a little bit too? Is how 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 low of odds are we going to have to take on him? But uh, to me, like I watch that race go. Well, he was he just lost because the jock's an idiot. So I don't know. I mean, I think he'll bounce back and run even better. And if he does, he's going to be tough. I mean, if Velasquez was on Speedboat Beach, that would be nice. If anybody that it's like, oh, that's a that's a jockey that Baffert uses, <laughs> great. You know what I mean? Like anybody with a pulse, maybe. I mean, even yeah. if like Kevin B wanted to ride him, I might still be interested <laughs> in him. Uh, at the very least, the same amount as I was with uh, Victor Espinosa. But there you go, guys. There's a look at all 14 of the uh, Breeders' Cup World Championship races. Next week, next Friday and Saturday at Santa Anita, card will come. Card will officially come out uh, early next week, so stay tuned for that at RacingDudes.com. But there you go. There's our first take at the pre-entries. Yeah, (laughs) it's a doozy, man. 
Good one. I'm excited. Yeah, once you get through all of it, it's like, okay, that's this is going to be better than you think. <laughs> See? See, Kevin, I have no doubt you could do it. <laughs> yeah, you would, I would definitely put my pants on, on a horse like that. That's, uh, that's what I always, I always get a, like, I tell, when I tell people like, like about, you know, what I do and all this stuff. And I was like, I have no interest ever in my life to get on a horse. And it's probably because all I know is race, like, you know, race horses, you know, the mm-hmm. people that have just rode like regular horses growing up, or whatever, it's probably like no big, you know, you think, oh, it's, it's not a big deal. But whenever we, all you see is, these freaking, you know, these horses that are just lunatics on the track. You're just like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I, I like my life. I do not want to die. Well, I mean, the next thing would be like, oh, here's a, you know, here's this nice one. He's real nice. He's real gentle. And I'd get on him and he'd go crazy. Know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Next is running in whatever that bullshit marathon race is. So yeah. Um, probably the lock of the breeders cup, just not in the breeders cup race. So. Yeah. Yeah. Should be we, an easy win. We push we pushed our uh you know, our our the pool we have, which is very little to that barn, but that he should run in the classic, but it was to Novell, so mm-hmm. um it's dinner on me Thursday. I don't know. I, in and out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh we land at four, we'll probably get to the Airbnb. We'll probably order Domino's and we'll do the podcast. I'd say that's Thursday. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Friday, I think we got that one figured out. <laughs> Same thing. Get to go to the track, go home, go to the Airbnb, do a Friday show. <laughs> we we uh, we put a lot of effort into the Airbnb because it's like we know we're going to spend, other than the track, right? That's where yeah. we're spending all our time. Well, unfortunately, this is not a vacation for us. No. This, this is the... It's the Other opposite. than Derby Week, this is our three busiest days of the year: Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. So. It's the opposite of of vacation. Yeah. Um, vacation yeah. is when we get back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's a couple of weeks there before, like the Thanksgiving week, where it's a little bit lighter. You can kind of relax a minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, if you want to know, like a little little inside of like what of our trips, especially these kind of trips, it's like it's it's like Domino's or whatever, like something easy like that. And then it's Starbucks. I mean, we find the nearest Starbucks and we frequent the shit out of it. Um, or have it sent to us yeah. and, uh, and then, you know, booze, handicapping <laughs> and the track. That's it. Yep. You know, we don't, you know, we used to go out there, especially like out of San Diego where we have buddies, you know, we'll, you know, we'll try to run, you know, try to hang out with John and Ryan one night. Uh, I'm sure maybe Saturday night, but, uh, it's like it's almost impossible now if you don't, you know, unless you get out there, you know, week before, or week after, just so you have time to actually do that because otherwise you just don't. Pretty much. I mean, I think Saturday is about the only chance. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Saturday, depending on how the Breeders' Cup goes, so that's, that's probably a fun night, you know. And then, like, say back home on Sunday, it's, it's going to be a whirlwind trip for sure. This is not related, but like uh, Stephanie said, like our Stephanie says, we'll be out going uh, to air in and out immediately, um, which is always a good, you know, bet. Like I, I will probably like maybe try to talk Alterman into doing that instead of uh, uh, instead of going to Domino's. But yeah, I will say this: like I, 
I have we, here in uh, Missouri, we've started, especially in our area. I don't know if it's in Joplin yet. We've been getting Whataburgers like left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys getting any in Joplin? No, we don't have any in Joplin. Uh, I think one's going to get built, though, but not at the moment. No, but so obviously they're, they've opened up their territories from Texas and that area down going up yep. north. But I like because Whataburger's not good. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get the hype between Whataburger and I, I, mean, I get that I'm probably going to fight some people about that, but I mean, in and out, I mean, from a, from a burger, strictly burger perspective, in and out is light years ahead of a Whataburger. Oh, hundred percent. I, Whataburger is okay. Yeah. It's, but that's where okay, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's not like it's a terrible burger. It's just not, the hype that you get all this shit about like what's like oh you gotta, can't believe it. when Whataburger is opened here dude there were lines yeah they had to get police like escorts to like get traffic it's crazy people That's- were lining up at midnight for it to open the next day. it's just i was like for a burger that's stupid for there i just i just i never I had ate them in, in Oklahoma before because they have them, and it's just like, yeah, I ate a couple times. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to do this again. Like, and again, I'm not saying it's like they're awful, but it's like, yeah, they're they're just okay. Give me, give me In and Out burgers with Five Guys fries. Can we do that? I, yeah, I mean, I I think I don't think you could go wrong with In and Out or Five Guys for the burgers. I think I think they're very very good. Um, Five Guys really good. In and Out really good. Shake Shack really good. Like. Those burger places much much better than than Whataburger. Totally, I don't. Yeah. I just want. I saw you know the. It made me think of it because every time there's one that's really close to my my house that they just built, and and it's always especially you go around lunch or whatever. It's just crazy packed, and it just I don't get it. I mean, I don't either. I, I've yet to go to. I went to water. I went to I took the boys there once whenever it opened up in Republic, just because I was like, well, let's see what the hype's about. You know, yeah, it wasn't. I don't. I didn't get it. So. It's just, it's not very good. It's not very good. Um, Kevin was talking about like Chick-fil-A. People are where he's at. They open one. People are going crazy. Chick-fil-A is better than Whataburger, I think. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, Chick-fil-A is from a, from a chicken standpoint, man, it's, it's now I'll say this. It's, it's good. The French fries are fantastic, but it's not, I mean, it's not like spectacular, you know? It's not what like it's kind of like Whataburger in a sense that it's the it's overhyped, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's. I tell you what, though, I'll tell you what, there isn't a place in this country, fast food or not, that knows how to work through a, a line like Chick Fil A. Agreed. There just, there just isn't. I've Agreed. never seen a Chick Fil A. I've I've seen Chick Fil A lines go around the block, and I've never waited in the Chick Fil A line longer than like fifteen minutes. Yep, agree. They're very good. They're very, very good at getting in and out. Um, but it's not the greatest I've ever had, but it's good. I mean, I would rather have Chick-fil-A, like I said. It's not bad. But, yeah, I, I didn't know that, like, people were lining up for Whataburger. I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, I guess I'm hungry now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, guys, it's all time we have. Check us out at racetodudes.com for our free picks and, of course, our premium products. Uh, just click that premium products button at the mini at racedudes.com. You learn more. You also can uh, go get your hands on uh, our uh, Belmont or uh, Belmont, our Breeders' Cup. <laughs> Belmont's over. Our Breeders' Cup betting Bible available right now. It also includes the 14 trends. I kind of alluded to some of those trends today on the show, but you get all 14 trends 
for each of the races included absolutely for free um, with your Bible uh, to the Breeders' Cup. I've been working on that all afternoon. It's looking good. Obviously, the content's going to be getting in there over the next couple of days as we start to hone in on these races. Uh, don't forget, Breeders' Cup. You get a free ticket. If you subscribe to our channel, leave a comment on who you think is going to win the Classic. We'll go through those. Pick out a winner. We'll uh, let you know, and you'll get a free ticket to both Friday and Saturday at the Breeders' Cup. Thank you to our good friend, Shoddy, for providing that racing news. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes. Instagram and Facebook, you can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, all the places you listen to. We are there. Um Dude, by the way, I was looking just randomly at our podcast page on our on our Apple podcast page, and it's like going through the the reviews. And like we have overall, we have like a four point six out of five. But it just cracks me up. There was a few on there that I was reading that I had never seen, where it's like, just go for the entertainment only. They don't know how to pick horses. And or one was like, you know, these guys. You know, they don't know how they don't. I would hate to go to a bar with these guys because they don't know the sex of a of a horse. It's just like, OK, that's weird. Um, but no. So go go leave us a five star review and maybe leave something legible. So maybe the other, you can help out the other people uh, that want to want to listen to blinkers off. Go check out the Magic Mike show. All the same platforms are doing Keeneland Saturday late pick five preview. Get their analysis of that late pick five this weekend at Keeneland. All right, Alterman, final thoughts? See everybody next week for Blinkers Off. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's always a fun show that we do uh, out at the Breeders' Cup. So, yeah, it's going to gonna be pretty good. Uh, everybody's, uh, I think everybody's excited for it. So, I am. I know that. So, everybody have a good weekend. Everybody enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see you right back here next week. Um, thought Real quick, just to let the people know, are we doing a sh- – are we doing – like we did last year where we do blinkers off for Friday, the Friday picks on Thursday and then Friday picks or I mean, Saturday picks on Friday. Yeah, I definitely should do a Thursday and a Friday show. So that's, yeah, that's what we'll do. Um, and then Saturday, I know we've done as we did a Saturday show in the past. I don't know on it though, but we'll be live Thursday night and Friday night. Yeah, we'll see about for sure. Stay tuned. Blinkers off for picks for the Breeders' Cup. Our official picks will be on one week from today, Thursday, and, of course, Friday as well. All right, guys, next time you see us, we'll be at Santanita. Until next time, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck in your handicapping endeavors, and good luck at the Breeders' Cup. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at RacingDudes.com and follow us on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the Racing Dudes.